All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of our podcast, Highly Contested. My name is Andrew. We got George here. How y'all doing? We got Joe. What's up? And we got Eric. Yes, sir. This episode is an introductory episode. We are working through kinks because this is the start of what we hope to be a beautiful, fantastic show that will last quite some time. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, We got some hot topics here that we're going to introduce. The first one, though, I think we'll start with is our biggest takes from the bubble. Biggest takes from the bubble. So, George, you want to start us off with your biggest take from the bubble? Yes, sir. Now, just to add on to your little intro piece, which was beautiful, might I add, uh, today we are just strictly talking about the NBA, the bubble, and the playoff predictions. But hopefully when football starts, we'll be able to talk some football. But for today's podcast, we're just going to be sticking to the NBA. Um, But back to the question, my biggest takeaways from the bubble was that the success of it, right? So going into the bubble, you know, everyone, I'm sure, had questions, you know, with COVID going around. But, you know, there's no positive test coming from the bubble. So we had great news. We're able to finish up the regular season, which was great. And now we get playoff basketball. Um, I was very impressed with the Suns going 8-0. and They played some great caliber teams. They really had no, almost no chance of um, moving on into the playoffs, but they came out, played hard. Uh, I think that's a big credit to the coach, Monty Williams, who had that team playing hard. Uh, definitely believe that they will be a team to watch for in the upcoming years if they're able to build on what they have going on right now. And that, those were my couple takeaways from the bubble. Yeah, what about you guys? Didn't they have like a zero, like a point zero three percent chance? It's, yeah, I was just thinking that same thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. insane, huh? All right, Joe, what about you? Biggest take from the bubble? That you can't stop Damian Lillard. Ah, can't 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 stop the Blazers. It came through the tough, even though they kept saying that the Suns are going to take them, the Suns and Grizzlies, but nah. Blazers not to, got it. Not to burst a little bubble, Joe, but there's somebody that could stop him. His name is Old Goat James. Yeah, the only thing that's the only goat he is, he's eating grass. That's it. <laughs> Living All on right. a pasture. <laughs> As All you right. can tell, we're already getting highly contested on this. <laughs> All right, Eric, what about you? Uh, All right, so. Yeah, so my takes from the bubble is that, uh, you know, after a four-month hiatus and probably the safest spot in the world, you have some really good competition, not only coming from teams, but you got it from individual players. Some players that you probably don't have in your household, you know, uh, uh, list. Household names are now, you know, of course, out there going hard. But, hold on, man, I just messed up so bad. Go with it. Yeah, go with it, dog. Basically, uh, you have – Great team play from the Suns. Um, then you also have some sad team play from like a team like the Grizzlies. I mean, they have some really good positives there, like uh, John Morant and stuff. But you had a lot of uh, injuries to deal with. And uh, I don't think they were as prepared as most teams. Like the, your percentages you said about the Suns winning going 8-0. I mean, no one predicted that. But it happened. So you had really good team play. And you had really good player play, like TJ Warren, Dame, Booker, and Dame being your MVP for the bubble. So... 
I will say to just piggyback on that real quick. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies did disappoint. You know, they had pretty good chances to, you know, uh, be that eight seed and only have to win one game versus having to win two games against the Blazers. But, you know, it just showed who came out to ball and who who didn't. Yeah, I think that uh I think I think that personally in regards to the Blazers versus Grizzlies aspect, uh which I'll get into this of course later when we talk about our playing game, but um our takes on the playing game. But uh you know, I think that uh there was a lot of good teams in this bubble. There were there was a lot of good teams and a lot of them came to fight. So um but some of my biggest takes uh I was kind of, you know, this is kind of going to kind of sound contradictory to what I just said, but my, one of my biggest takes was should these bubble games be taken seriously? Because um, I know that there was no home field advantage for anybody being in Orlando, it being in Orlando, except for maybe Orlando, Orlando. (laughs) But uh, because of that, was there even a reason to fight for seating? I mean, I don't think there was a reason to fight for seating at all. So why, why should some of those teams even take this seriously? There's no home field advantage because everyone's in a bubble. There's virtual fans that don't cheer or anything. So um, yeah, I see what you mean because these these teams that are like, for example, that at the top of the East or West, there's yeah, really no real point. But when you have the teams, for example, like in the West, and you have all the way to tenth, you know, tenth spot fighting for the eighth seed, it matters then to them. But the other ones. I mean, it just they they're fighting over um, who they're going to play, so it may not be home field advantage, but they're fighting over who they'll play. I agree, uh, but I think at the end of the day, um, as we saw, a lot of starters sat due to either load management or quote unquote injuries, or just um, being outside of the bubble, or so. just or just being outside of the bubble. A lot of a lot of big names um, sat not not only through this entire bubble, but throughout the course of the bubble. So cough, cough, Bogdanovich from the Jazz. Right, so um, that's a, and you're right because that's a big role player for the Jazz, and we'll talk about him later. Second but, leading score, but yes. Um, so that was my that was one of my big takes, um, and another one of my big takes, which we'll go into later, which was uh, will Milwaukee have an easy path to the finals? Um, and we'll go into this a little bit later. But uh, great takes, guys! Great takes. Those were some awesome takes. We're going to move on to our next topic. Speaking about that playing game, the Blazers versus the Grizzlies. So that was an interesting playing game. I thought it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, George, what are your, what are some of your uh, takes on that game? Uh, uh, the playing game was definitely interesting, and the Blazers deserved to advance the way they performed in the bubble. Damian Lillard was just on a tear. He was you know a man, man on a mission. Mm. Um but Memphis had a really good chance to keep that eight seed. Um, they didn't. I think if they had that eight seed, I, I do think they could have won one game against the Blazers. You know, Dame has an off night. Um, but beating Portland two times in a row, yeah, I, I didn't see that happening. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my take on that playing game. All right. Awesome. So, uh, Joe, any thoughts that you got to say to basically what George just said or any thoughts of your own? What I'm saying is Melo with that clutch shot. He missed all his threes, but that just one got him in the lead at the end of the game, and that was the dagger. 
it was most indeed the dagger. I would agree with you there on that one. Eric, anything you want to say to that? Just want to add a little bit to what Joe just said. Mel- the whole media tried to wash up Melo, and it's just not true that we see. But, uh, yeah, of course. So this play-in game, I know there's rumors of this thing might maybe continuing in the years ahead. And uh, I know there's a lot of talk about it. I don't really agree with this because it, it seems like it's too complicated. I, I get if there's uh, the eighth and ninth seed are tied, you could have that play-in game. But, for example, right before the play-in game, we had the Blazers at eight, nine Memphis, and ten Suns with that eight and no streak. They were all tied three ways. Now, there's no way you, you can do that. You know what I mean? Or if, if there's even a four team, you could have two different teams playing for it. You see what I mean? But not when there's an odd number or even the four one would be complicated. So that's going to be a little confusing if they continue that for the future. But this play-in game that just happened, Blazers and Memphis, I really wrote out Memphis Grizzlies. I was actually hoping, you know, for a Suns-Blazers, but it, would, it wouldn't have happened either way. It would, either would have been Memphis and somebody else. But uh, the play-in game was great. You had a very close game. John Morant showed out, had his career high. I think it was 32 points. And then you have Dame just going off, CJ going off, Melo for game sh- uh, winning shots. Uh, just great all-around team play from the Blazers. I really enjoyed this play-in game. Very exciting for the bubble. And uh, I hope to see a very good matchup between the Blazers and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, some great points that uh, you <clears> – <throat> some great points you provided. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of touch off. First of all, I agree 100% with Joe. Uh, clutch shot from Melo. I agree 100% uh, with Eric. I think that they've been trying to ride him off, and uh, I, I think Melo's back, boys. It's all you know. It's all I got to say sure. with that. But um, yeah. one one of my takes with it was uh, the Blazers. They win in dramatic fashion yet again. You guys know mm-hmm. that. You guys know that every game in the bubble uh that they've played in has been decided by 10 points or less every single game yes their last three games were really crazy games and if they lost any one of those they never would have made that play in bubble yeah and it just goes to show uh another thing though i mean let's let's be real here though i mean they have they've lived for the drama i mean they they've lived for the drama their entire careers i mean let's look at their squad you got three clutch players on that squad uh you got dame of course and you got Melo, who just made that clutch shot. And then mm-hmm. CJ has proven that he can make that tough shot when he needs to at the end of the game. Um, so you got three players that any one of them, they're not scared of the moment. So yes, we are be... talking about the second – this is my opinion. The second best – I mean, you can look at the numbers too. The second best backcourt in, in the game right now is CJ and Dame. Mm-hmm. They're both going off. And then you add Melo to this whole dynamic. I think that this team – is you know I had I have something really good for this when we go to the uh, uh, predictions of who's going to win each round, but uh, these this Blazer team is not to be messed with for sure. One thing that I'll say about one thing that I'll say about Dame and CJ before I start talking about Ja is uh, they're playing a lot of minutes per game though during this bubble. Dame is playing forty one point seven minutes per game and CJ is playing forty point nine minutes per game with so, a broken are, back. <laughs> Both, yeah, yeah, yes, with yes. broken back it's just fine so so uh i mean is are they gonna you know are they gonna be able to keep that pace the entire playoffs uh, i mean yes. it, this is you know of course hypothetically if they move on move on move on but you know are they gonna be able to keep that pace the entire playoffs uh that's something we'll have to figure out that now, is one of my questions mm-hmm, i agree now one thing uh one thing that i want to touch about when it comes to ja morant um one thing i'll say uh i think he needs polishing but I think he can be a star in this NBA for a long time. I really De- do. Definitely some polishing, but I think this this kid, 
not even a kid. This man, he is doing very well for his age, for being a rookie, for even going through a whole pandemic and then starting four mm-hmm. months later, just not only to be good, but he got he became better in the bubble than he did during the other half of the season. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, during that playing game, he was 13 for 28. His field goal percentage was 46.4%. That's pretty good. Honestly. That's, re- that's really good. This is a must win game. And that was pretty good. Uh, so he had 35 points. Um, the one thing that I'll say is, uh, he had eight turnovers, which is a lot. You can't have that many turnovers, I think, in a must-win game. Uh, and his, and his uh, plus-minus was negative 15. So um, I think that those eight turnovers were a huge contribution to that plus-minus. But um, he's polishing, but I think he can be a star. Uh, George, anything else you want to add to basically what we, have, what we yeah, were I just mean, saying? I agree. Great signs from John Morant. Just got to remember he's still a rookie. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I do think that the hiatus did not help the Grizzlies. I feel like they, they had great mm-hmm. momentum during the regular season. And uh, I don't think they were one of those teams that benefited from this four-month layoff. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, not a lot. I don't think there's not a lot of people and teams that benefited from the hiatus. So I agree with you on that one. Joe, anything else you want to add? No, go ahead. Awesome. Eric? Uh, it's fine. We can do the next one. All right. Awesome. So <clears throat> next topic we're going to discuss, uh, we're going to go into matchups now. Uh, of, of each, We're going to go into each playoff matchup, uh, and we're going to start with the hottest matchup, which is the number one seeded Lakers versus the number eight seeded Trailblazers. So, George, kick us off, Mr. Lakers fan yes, over here. Yes, sir. It's only right that I start this off being the only Laker fan in this podcast. Um, so my prediction, I believe this will go six games. Um, I got the Lakers winning, of course. Now, I listen to a lot of people, and a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, they're not scared. Portland is still an eight seed, you know, this and that. But in, in all reality, Portland isn't a traditional eight seed. You know, they had time to get healthy. They were banged up during the regular season, so now they're healthy. And in the last several years, they've been the three seed. So I do think it's a scary matchup. And without Avery Bradley, you know, who's a great uh, guard defender, we'll definitely miss him. But that being said, the Blazers don't play much defense. You know, a lot of these teams can get whatever they want from them. Anthony Davis averages 32 points, 11 rebounds on 56% shooting against the Blazers. During the regular season, the Lakers won two out of the three games in which Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kuzma all played well. Um, and, you know, positive signs from Kuzma in this bubble. You know, he, he's playing better defense. His offense is still there. Um, and like I said, Portland doesn't really play too much defense, so shooters will get open looks, and I know they haven't been shooting well in the bubble, but... I mean, eventually, you're going to knock down those open shots. Uh, Blazers were ranked 27th on defensive rating at 114.3. Basically, they were tied with the Hawks, Wizards, and the Cavaliers with their defensive rating Mm. at the bottom. Uh, Lakers, on the other hand, were ranked number three with a 106-point rating. Now, again, they're missing uh, Avery Bradley, 
So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, and then one of my questions that I got for, for the Blazers is McCollum's back injury. So he's got a non-displaced transverse process fracture in his L3 vertebrae. Now, I did some research into it, and it's, it has nothing, no structure of the spine or anything. So it's more of like a pain tolerance, you know, how much mm. uh, pain tolerance can McCollum handle? with those back muscles. So with that heavy workload that Andrew talked about earlier, those heavy minutes, you know, will he be able to play, um, you know, or, you know, like if he, you know, takes a hard hit or something, will, will that affect his game? Will he have to miss time? I think that's an important question because Damian Lillard is going to be Damian Lillard. It will be Dame time. There will be games he takes over. But he's going to need help. He He's not going to win by himself, at least not the series. He might win a game or two where he just goes for 50 points, you know what I mean? But he's going to need help from uh, McCollum, Mello. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes up. Um, but that's kind of my, my quick thoughts right there. Like I said, I got the Lakers in six. Right on. Awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> Joe, any thoughts to uh, any of any of your own thoughts you want to contribute, or maybe something you want to say to what George just said? Yeah, I agree. It will be a tough time for the Blazers, and it'll also be a tough time for the Lakers. They have, the Lakers haven't been shooting great. I could say that, but all in all, I say it'll go to Game Seven. Oh, a first right. round game seven, Blazers winning it. Interesting. Anything else you want to uh, give us, Joe, for uh, Blazers Lakers? I broke my back. <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> Can you handle the pain, Joe? Oh, yeah, with a couple Toradol shots, you're good. <laughs> All right. Eric, anything you want to add? Yes. Yeah, so I have this at a very, very close game seven. Uh, just like you said, Joe. Um, but this is my opinion about it. I think this is going to be the closest eighth to first seed gameplay since the Warriors did it in 2008 with, uh, or 2007 with uh, the Dallas Mavericks. So that's the round where the eighth seed Warriors defeated the first round Dallas Mavericks. Only happened one time in history. So I believe this is the closest we've been to an eighth seed really giving a first seed a run for its money, only because one – uh, like George said, the Lakers are missing Avery Bradley, a very good defensive uh, player. And then you have a very, very hot Blazers team that were as hot or, or more than the Suns. So the Suns were 8-0, obviously, in the bubble and didn't make the playoffs. But the Blazers were on fire as well, playing game to game and just, you know, very close games, but defeating really good teams. So I do believe... It will be a really good show for the first round. Really good show for the first round we had in a long time. Also, the Lakers having the lowest three-point percentage in the bubble uh, so far will not help the Lakers. But also, This is why I also think it will go to a game seven. Um, I also like the matchup between Melo and LeBron. We haven't seen this in a while, and uh, I think it's a really good matchup to have. Um, the non-washed Melo will be there to go against LeBron. I do believe, obviously, LeBron does have the upper hand here. Um, but he is an aging LeBron, and so is Melo. Uh, but I do believe it'll be a really good matchup, and it'll be something to see for sure. 
I do have the Blazers, like I said, going for the dub in game seven. I think it'll be very, very hard, and I will take any criticism for the Lakers winning because they deserve it just as any other team, but uh, just like the Blazers. But uh, I think they both deserve it, to be honest. But the Lakers are going to be very tough to beat, but I do have the Blazers winning it. You got the Blazers winning it? Yeah. In seven, you said? In a very close game seven. Okay. Drew, if I may add a point real quick. Okay, so I think Joe and Eric did touch on this about their shooting percentage or them not playing well in the bubble. Now, that would be a concern, I would say, for most teams. But if we think about it, if we think about it, you know, LeBron has done this in the past where he doesn't take regular season games serious. And in this case, they already have George. He was doing it against good teams. He was shooting horribly against good teams. Yeah, yeah, but we've seen him do this in the past in the East, where he doesn't take regular season games seriously. This is the he's, West, man. He's he's okay with the third seed or the fourth seed or whatever it may be. And you got to remember, he already had the the one seed locked in. So, I that's, I, I that's true, see... but I do believe that's the East, and in the East you can play that game. But in the West, it's deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, but he already had the one seed locked in, so it's not like he was fighting for anything. And, you know, out of any player that we've seen, we, we have seen LeBron have that on and off switch in the playoffs. So True, although, but it's also like, not just a LeBron game. If you remember in 20, uh, uh, 2017, I believe, or and 2015, LeBron, especially 2015, LeBron was going off. He had the best numbers he's probably ever had in playoffs in his career, and he can't do it by himself. He's going to – obviously, AD's there. AD's going to help a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking um, but, about regular season during this bubble. I'm not talking playoffs. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying because uh, a lot of people bring that up as a point that they were playing well or they weren't shooting well, and I would say that would be a concern. But we've seen LeBron do this in the past where he doesn't take regular season games as serious, and then he switches it on during the playoffs, and he already had that's the what you one get seed. with the aging LeBron. He already had that that one seed locked in, so. That, yeah. That's just the little point I wanted to chime in. Andrew, do you got anything, any of your own points that you got? Yeah, so um, my, one, one thing that I think about um, is just overall is just matchups. So the first matchup I'm going to talk about is uh, AD versus uh, Nurkic slash Collins slash Whiteside, whoever you want to throw on him. Um, I'm thinking AD is just going to be too much. Uh, Nurkic is going to be way too slow for AD, in my opinion. Um, He's I very think crafty, that AD, I think that AD has the footwork offensively, and I don't think Nurkic, Nurkic, uh, Nurkic has the footwork defensively um, to be able to, to match him. And AD has a lot more mobility, stamina. I just think he's overall way more athletic than Nurkic. So I think that he's got – He's gonna have the advantage there. Uh, Collins, I I think Collins is young enough and athletic enough, but I think he's too small. Um, I think AD is a lot bigger than Collins is. Well, I'm pretty um, sure that the plan so would be I, like a play a white side slash Nurkic against AD, and then of course when AD's sitting, you play more of the Collins matchup there with whoever they come up off the bench, like a McGee or something. So yeah, which leads me to my next point. I think Whiteside is going to be. I know, I know that he's technically their bench player right now, but I think Whiteside will actually have the best matchup against AD, in my opinion. Um, but uh, who knows? We'll see. I mean, Whiteside has 
in my in my opinion, Whiteside has not come up in big games before, so uh, he might shrink again um, in this playoffs. We'll just have to see. So that's a so that's one matchup. Another matchup that I have to think about is uh, Damian versus any of the any of the Lakers guards. I mean, you're talking about a guy who in the bubble has 37.6 points per game. He's got 9.6 assists per game. He's got a 49.7 field goal percentage and a whopping 43.6 three-point percentage. And we're not talking about just right behind the line three-point percentage. We're talking about literally anywhere three-point percentage. Uh, That's a big deal. How do you stop or even slow down uh, Damian Lillard? I know that the Lakers, they have some pretty good defensive players. They got Caruso, who has impressed me tremendously this year uh, defensively. Uh, they got Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's, he's been known to be a good defensive player. Uh, and then, of course, Danny Green. Danny Green has been known to be a great defensive player as well. So they got some good players. Now it's just a matter of those players can step up and guard the hottest point guard in the league right now, um, in my opinion. So <clears throat> there's that. And then another final thing before I give my prediction. Uh, like, I, like we've talked about, we've seen the resurgence of Melo. Um, my question is, is he going to be able to guard LeBron as well as he did in the past? Because he has always stepped up to the challenge of guarding LeBron in the past. Uh, and it, it's, been, it's been a long time since they've kind of been matched up with each other, too, in a, in a competitive state. So this will be very fun to watch. In my I'm down opinion, to see some vintage Melo and LeBron action. And we'll see if it ends up becoming that vintage action because we know LeBron will be LeBron. Uh, and we know this resurgence of Melo, at least, has been fun to watch. So will Melo step up to step up to the plate? I think he will. I still think LeBron will be too much for him, but I still think Melo will get his. Uh, I I say it's more of a I say it's more of like a sixty five thirty five in favor of LeBron personally. But my final take is I have the Lakers winning this in a very close series, four to three. That's my final take on this. Uh, I have one more take on this. So if the Lakers do win the first round of the playoffs, so they actually just came out with this not too long ago, they plan to wear a black Mamba jersey for the remainder of the postseason in honor of Kobe Bryant. Much respect, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, some Something that I'll say, too, um, because – this I think is this I think in my opinion is the most important matchup because I I truly believe and it'll be hard because you know you've got the Clippers but I truly believe that whoever wins this series I think will end up going all the way yeah to the I, I, belie- I, I believe I believe that I believe, believe uh, someone from this side will make the the Western Conference Finals or at least the finals I I agree hundred percent. Um, any 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 takes on any final takes before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, hey, I, I got a couple things. So back to the your the mellow LeBron matchup that we're all talking about. So head to head, LeBron James has beaten Carmelo. He's got the twenty five to fifteen winning record over Carmelo, including a four to one record in the playoffs. So I'm gonna throw that out there. And like I said earlier, the Blazers play little to no defense. They are more focused on the offense. So Anthony Davis has been able to tear them up, and there's no stopping LeBron or Anthony Davis when it comes to that. So I'll leave it at that. 
Mm-hmm. Joe, anything Joe. else? I'm Eric? All right. So we're going to keep it talking about L.A. And we're going to move on to the other team in L.A. Well, in Orlando right now, at least. And we're going to talk about the Clippers versus the Mavericks. <clears throat> so that is that that is the Clippers first round matchup is the Mavericks. So um, first things first, let's go with George. George, what is your take? Clippers All right, versus we Mavericks. Got an, we got another interesting matchup here. So I, I think this one could go five to six games. Uh, I do think the Clippers will end up winning it. Um, now, this is where it gets interesting. So the Mavericks have the best offensive rating in NBA history. This is an insane number, by the way. I looked at these numbers, and it's really insane. They have beaten yeah. the Warriors' numbers here. Yeah, <laughs> so. they're number one in the NBA history, <laughs> but they're still the seventh seed, right? So it's not really equating to wins. Um, True. They, they haven't been good in close games. Um, but here's where it also gets interesting. So Luca is super efficient, right? Um, now I, I did some research on Luca in the Euro league and he's been playing with grown men since he was a kid. He's got more experience, like this playoff environment experience than normal people, his age. He led Madrid to the 2018 Euro league title, winning the MVP and, uh, as well as winning the final four MVP in the Euro league. So, Great offense, but they're one of those teams that just don't play much defense either. They don't really have anyone to really guard Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, whereas the Clippers have multiple players that can play defense and guard uh, the Mavericks' best players and switch bodies. Um, now, during the regular season, the Clippers have gone 3-0 and against the Mavericks. Now, I think one of the difference makers that will be in this series will be Porzingis. So, like I said, the Clippers were 3-0, and but Porzingis was um, coming back from that injury. So, um, although Porzingis didn't score too much points in, those, in his first meetings during the regular season, he did go for 30 points in the last game they played in the Clippers. Um, yeah, and in the bubble, Porzingis has been – going really well actually going really well yeah he's averaging 30 and a half points 11 more than he was before the break so he's getting 11 more points during the bubble versus you know oh yeah pre-covid so i i think that since he had more time to recover from his injury it's been really good for him he's also averaging nine and a half rebounds one and a half blocks per game Uh, my only concern with the clippers is chemistry They've only played a handful of games with the full healthy roster, but in that small sample size, they have, I think they've only lost one game. So uh, I do, I do got the Clippers winning this in five or six. What do you guys think? If you, if you had to pick five or six, what would it be? Uh, like five games. Put me on that hot seat already. Let's see. Yeah. That's what we're all about. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with six because Luca is efficient. 
I mean, if they can just close out some of those close games, yeah, I'm going to go with six. Interesting, yeah. So you believe that Porzingis is the X factor. He is the X factor. He's he's the unicorn man. (laughs) So, uh, Joe, what are your what is your take on this? I agree with George. It's going to be a really really close game. There's there's a lot of different factors. If Clippers could play well together, and if Luca could actually be the offensive force that he is, so. I say every, this is going to go to a game seven. Mavericks winning. Game seven, Mavericks yeah. winning, huh? Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Eric. Yeah, so with no correlation to the pandemic going on, I think the Clippers kind of been wearing a mask here. So Because we've had, ever since the bubble uh, started the season back over, uh, they were missing Lou Williams. Uh, Beverly was out a few games. Uh, they were, you know, Kawhi had some off nights, and uh, then he had some really good nights as well. So did PG. Uh, so I think we ha- they've just been giving us mysterious play, I want to say. So you, it's like you don't really know how the Clippers are going to come out one day to the next. And like George said, they haven't played fully in a full squad that much this year. So, I mean, but when they do, they are very efficient. So I do believe um, – that the Clippers are going to be very, very hard to beat. Though, RIP the Knicks, uh, yes, the Unicorn will be very, <laughs> very, 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 very important to the Mavs continuing on to the next round. Uh, with Luka's numbers mixed with Porzingis still playing at that high level as he's been in the bubble, they're looking like a C.J. Dame out here. Like, they're pulling up some really high numbers. They're going like you know together and making like 50, 60 points. So they could continue that kind of onslaught. I really do think the Mavs can beat them, but I do have this going to a game six or seven. Um, I do, I do want to circle the Mavs. I really do. And I did actually in our little private chat that we have of, uh, you know, who's going to win what I did circle the Mavericks on winning this in game seven though all year I've had all, all my money on Clippers going to the finals or Western conference finals. So, and I do want to see the LA versus LA um, matchup at some point. And I was hoping it'd be this year, but you know a lot of things changed. But I really do hope we see uh, a really good play, obviously, from these two teams. I really think there's no bad, bad matchups in the whole Western Conference. So I want to see the Clippers continue. I do want to see the Mavs continue. It's a very hard choice for me, but I do in my heart. I believe the the Clippers are going to continue. But I circled the Mavericks continuing in Game Seven. But I do see the the Clippers taking it out here. All right, so um, I have a very different opinion than Eric, at least uh, from from my perspective. So um, <clears throat> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it right now. I I believe that my take on this is is gonna be the hottest. Um, you guys probably aren't gonna agree with me, but I I am all in with the Clippers in this series. Oh, I hold on, hold on. Before we that... continue, Drew, me and Drew have a bet on this. Drew for sure bet me saying that he thinks the Mavs are going to get swept. I say there is no way, but continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's no way they're yeah. getting swept. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm almost 100% positive they're getting swept. I, uh, as I was going to say before Eric rudely That's right. interrupted me. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I believe that this will be, be a sweep. And if not a sweep, it'll be a gentleman's sweep. 
which isn't uh, that much better. So here's my here's my takes on this. Uh, both teams have offense. We know this, okay? Both teams have good offense. Uh, when you talk about scoring, uh, the Mavericks as a team are ranked number third, and Clippers are ranked number fourth. Uh, when you talk about rebounding, uh, Clippers are actually ranked number three, while the Mavericks are ranked fourth. So um, they, they want to score, and they want to rebound the ball so that they can score again. Uh, the, the, thing that I, the thing that's the major difference between these two teams is the defense on the defensive end. So uh, an opponent's, uh, when it comes to opponent's field goal percentage, which is, a, which is an important statistic, I think, uh, the Clippers are ranked third an opponent field goal percentage. That means that they limit their opponent field goal percentage to a low number. The Mavericks are ranked 13th. That's like in the middle of the league. It's not that great. Um, the next thing I want to say is Dallas is number six in committing shooting fouls. They rank number six in committing shooting fouls. So they foul the other team a lot in shooting scenarios. So basically what that means is they put the other if they put the other team to the line a lot. The other team shoots a lot of free throws. Uh, and funny thing, LA is actually number one in drawing fouls. LA Clippers, they are actually number one ranked in drawing fouls. So I think that it's gonna be a big X factor on uh, how many fouls that LA can draw um, in this game because that's it's gonna it's gonna put Dallas in the bonus too. Uh, I think that's gonna play a huge role. We know that Dallas isn't that great of a defensive team, so uh, I believe that the offensive potency of the Mavericks will force them to commit shooting fouls and put them at the line. That might force big name players like Doncic and Porzingis uh, to the sideline to the bench. Um, because of the fact that they were committing those fouls. Uh, and, if they, and if they don't commit those fouls, well, then they're letting L.A. have their way because they're not that great of a team defensively. Um, another thing, I also think that Clippers have a better bench. I mean, Lou Williams, we all know Lou, sixth man of the year, and only because he wants to be. He could start in a lot of other teams. Um, I also think I also think Montrez Harrell could start in a lot of teams. Um, I think I think you have two quality players that could play as starters on your bench in a lot of other teams. Uh, Mavericks. When I look at their squad, I have a hard time finding somebody in their bench that I could see as a starter. I I just can't find somebody that I could maybe on a team that's in desperate need of a player in that position because every single one of their players in that position got hurt. I that's the only reason I could see anybody on the Mavericks bench being a starter. So you're, you're looking at a team that doesn't, doesn't really have that great of a bench when at least, at least in big time games, like but they this. do have a Curry. So Eric, our Warriors fan <laughs> slash Curry fan obsessed, uh, uh, <laughs> podcaster over here has, as he's already brought hey, up, man, the you're, talking, you're talking about his brother once, who has a better three point percentage during the season. As he's already brought the Warriors twice, once with the Warriors beating the Dallas Mavericks in that series long, long ago, and then another, and then another time when it, it comes to that just, that just happens, efficiency this year being that just than happened. The Warriors. That the only t- AC so, to be the first team happens to be the Warriors. That just that's the only thing I have to say. So as as you guys I'm sure have picked up our Warriors fan Eric Finch yep. over here. Uh, 
Clippers will win this series. It's not even I, – I don't even think it's an if. It's They will win this series. I think it'll be a sweep. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a gentleman sweep, but I still think, nonetheless, it'll be a certain kind of sweep. Anybody else would like to throw in there? It's not a sweep. Um, I'm, I'm kind of – I mean, like I said, I, I was on the fence about five, six games, so I wouldn't be surprised if it did go five. Now, sweep, I'm not – I don't think it'll be a sweep. No, no, no game in the West is a sweep to me. Um, I, I think there might be one sweep in there, but maybe we'll, the Jazz. But we'll, that's we'll, about we'll it. get we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, you make some good points. The Clippers are definitely a deeper team than most. But like I said, I mean, the Mavs are the number one offense history, and Luka Doncic has one of the best PERs in the NBA. So, his efficiency is just great. But we definitely got to see because, like we said, Mavericks don't play too much defense, and the the Clippers have a potentially great defense when all healthy. Hmm. I will say, to your point, I know that you did the research on him playing at Real Madrid. Um, I will say to that point, um, we know that – we know that – that says you know we know that that says a lot and i think that's what i think that's why it makes sense that luca has had much success in the nba but one thing that i'll say is uh during these playoffs games um during these playoff games i haven't really been too impressed with him honestly um he's putting up mvp numbers like it's like the next year yeah have you seen have you seen him yeah bro he's putting up mvp numbers I mean, his I mean, his shooting percentages have been kind of poor, in my honest opinion. And I think that's why they've lost a lot of the games that they have. But um, I, I think he's gonna be very surprised when they win like three I think, games. I think that um, he did really well at Real Madrid. But I think the NBA is a whole nother, more significant beast. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I, we'll see if he steps I up. I wasn't to the trying play. to compare the NBA to the Euro League. I was just saying that. Well, hey, you're talking he, about two great Euro stars. He's had West some. Teams out here. He's had some success in a playoff atmosphere. That that's what I was trying to get at. And I mean, the fact that he's been playing with grown men, so I don't think the brightest of lights will affect him like it might another, you know, second year star or something. Well, we're gonna find out soon, won't we? All right. So, uh, next, uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of, um, I'm moving on. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Oklahoma city thunder versus the Houston Rockets. So this is an interesting matchup, I believe personally, but I'm going to get it started with George so he can give, uh, his takes on this matchup. George, go for it. Now this, this is one of those storybook matchups, right? You know? Uh, they traded away CP3 for Russell Westbrook, you know, because, you know, CP3 has been injured a lot in the postseason. And then now we get Westbrook injured in the postseason. So it'll be interesting. I think this one will be a gentleman sweep going to five with the Rockets winning. Now, I can I could definitely see game one going to Thunder. Chris Paul will probably be out on a mission trying to make a statement early. And Westbrook will not be playing due to his quad contusion. 
Uh, I have no real reason to believe that the Thunder will make any noise in the playoffs. They've been a surprise team this season, but most people, I mean, if we look at Chris Paul's playoff history, it's not too great. He's come up short when he has been with the Hornets and the Clippers. Uh, He finally made it to the Western Conference Finals in 2018 with the Rockets. Um, He's made it to the second round only five times and lost in the first round five times. Um, With that being said, the Thunder haven't had much success either, losing in the first round the last few seasons with Westbrook and then in addition with Paul George. Um, So I, I just don't see the Thunder really getting out of the first round. That's really my my thoughts on that matter. And your final take? Uh, Rockets in five. Right, yeah. Just wanted you to repeat it just so that, you know, our, our endearing fans could uh, recall what you said. All right. Uh, and before, before I go to Joe real quick, it has been confirmed that Westbrook is missing game one? Yes. It has been confirmed. Okay. Joe. Your I don't take. really have a lot to take on this, but all I got to say is Thunder in the full-on sweep. Four-game sweep, Thunder gets it. Wow, it's a hot take. Joe has take. the hottest takes on all these predictions. Ooh. I'm saying that right now. Interesting. Jo- Interesting. Joe, Joe all right. Hot takes numbers. makes a lot of money. You're pulling numbers like the Suns. Uh, no one predicted Nate. No, that's what he's doing right now. Hot takes makes a lot of money, Eric. Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody would have predicted that Joe would have said that. But hey, there you go, Eric, your take. Okay, so Rockets, Thunder, love the matchups, love the drama, love the fact that like how George said, you know, CP3 was at the Rockets, not there no more. Uh, uh, I love the reunion of Harden and Westbrook. Don't like their small ball kind of uh, play they're doing, and this is coming from a Warriors fan who the small ball helped us win championships. I think they're doing it wrong though. Uh, I just don't think they're doing it the right way. They, even though the Warriors were doing small ball, we still had uh, some pretty good bigs coming in and out of the uh, team. So I, I just don't. We, we. That's are? right. I didn't see you playing. That's right. I didn't oh, see you I was playing, playing with them. <laughs> so <laughs> he played two K with them. So, so the Warriors. This is a different story. The Rockets here. They really do live and die by the three-point uh, shot. Uh, they have some terrible games. Uh, and they also have some pretty good games in, in their history of, you know, playing this way. But they really have some terrible games of them just, you know, living and dying by the three. Now, the Thunder, they have some good players on there. I like Steven Adams a lot. CP3 is, of course, a really polished player, really good. He does have some trouble in the playoffs. But I do believe this uh, – I would totally say it's going to be a gentleman's sweep of five games and the Rockets winning. But due to the fact that Westbrook is gone that first game and possibly the second game, I'm going to say it's going to go to six games. And I still have the Rockets taking this no matter what. Um, I do like the Thunder, though. Uh, I like their young players. I love their veteran uh, presence. And uh, I do think it's nothing here is a free ride. So it's going to be the Rockets, though, uh, winning and moving on to the next round. 
uh, and and you have them winning in six. What was the six numbers? Due to the fact that, okay. of course, Westbrook has an injury. And ju- just a quick point: mm. Can we get someone to keep track how many times Eric brings up the Warriors when they're unrelevant? Eric, that, that's, uh, yeah. that's number three. <laughs> I think we need. I think I think we need. I think we need a Warrior I'm count need, from I'm now on. As well, because before anything, George was bringing up LeBron and the Lakers, so we're gonna need the same count. Match it, bro. Match it. The, the, we're gonna the, we're, we're gonna need we're gonna need a count for both of you guys for sure. As many times Joe mentions Melo. He is the biggest Melo fan. So anytime George, uh, George mentions Melo, George mentions the Lakers, I mention the Warriors, and Andrew, he loves every team. So I don't know what he's going to Oh, Oh, you're going to hear you're gonna hear nonstop from me about old Goat James. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I took that off of uh, – I took that off of Shannon Sharp's playbook. I, yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, – this is an interesting matchup for me personally. I I think this is like like you guys were talking about a storybook matchup. Honestly, uh, two two players that have almost been cast off by both of these teams are now facing their former teams. Now, I mean, when you look at CP3, he was traded from a team that he was on for what was it? Two years? Three years? How long was he on the Rockets for? I believe it was two. Yeah, I believe it was two years. I believe it was two as well. Uh, you know, I mean, was that really – I mean, it was his home for the last two years, but was that, like, really, you know, that team, I guess, you know what I mean, that, like, he cared No, but it's the fact that they sent him off on. in a certain way. Exactly. And I, and I think that that's a big – and I think that that is his biggest uh, motivation factor is, the, is because of the fact that they think he's washed up, you know? Just like, like how they I mean, used it to Melo. Just like how they used to smell and just like how they've been talking about the old washed king, huh? <laughs> but anyways, so um, Westbrook, on the other hand, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been loyal to an NBA franchise for his entire career, then gets traded this last offseason to the Rockets, and now he's facing his former team. Um, I, think, I think that both teams have a chip, or both players have a chip on their shoulder. Um, they're going to both... They're they're both going to want to come out guns blazing. Um, I think that Westbrook has the edge because I think that man just plays with a vengeance. You could see it in his eyes. Um, he's he 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 plays with he plays with a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, like tenacity, a lot of ferociousness. You know what I mean? So um, I think that he's got the edge because he not only plays with that mentality, but he's got a very good reason to have that mentality now. Um, my question is, will the Thunder be able to contain the Rockets? Uh, when I look at their matchups this year, um, the Thunder actually are winning uh, the overall this year 2-1. to one. They have beaten the Rockets two out of three times. Uh, and in, those, in both of those wins, they blew out the Rockets, actually. Fun fact. Um, so that, that's interesting. Uh, another thing to note is the one win that the Rockets have was in the beginning of the season. It was actually... I think their fourth game that they played, um, the OKC Thunder, I think it was their fourth game that they played. So um, that's interesting, in my opinion, because I think considering the trade and considering all these pieces that have that have left and have come into Oklahoma City, it, in my opinion, it makes sense that they would lose an early game like that. Uh, the other two games were later in the season, and both of them were blowouts in favor of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, at the end of this, I think that this will be, 
I think that this will be one of those underdog teams. I know that the uh, underdog matchups that the uh, that the underdog will take. I know that the Rockets are are favored to win this, but Oklahoma City Thunder, their defensive efficiency is has been um, one of the best in the NBA, and I think that they have a great shot of taking this. I have them beating the Rockets in six games. They will win it four to two. George. That, that is just some an, another word from the old Shannon Sharp playbook. That is some hot bull jive, Drew. Um, yeah, there's no way the Thunder's going to win this. To answer your question about uh, something about containing the Rockets, there's nobody that can contain James Harden. He is just one of the most unstoppable players in the league today. Especially when the refs are on his side. Don't matter, you know. He, he, he gets the <laughs> line and he, he makes them. You know, um, I mean, I, I agree that he does get to the line a lot. And I agree that um, he I think he I think he will be the X. I think not not the X factor, maybe, but a, a very key X factor. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, the main uh, X factor for the Rockets. To, to the point that I was I was for the Rockets going to yes. get to is. This four month layoff, I think. James Harden the most out of any player, because we've seen him in the past in the playoffs, you know, not perform to his regular season self that we're, that we see. So he's had four months off. He's well-rested. Um, I, I even think without Westbrook, Harden is just going to take these games over and win. And I, I do think they're going to rest Westbrook a bit because I think looking forward, you'd rather have him healthy against the Lakers or Blazers versus have them, you know, banged but you really up think going that into month, the next season. You really think this four-month hiatus favored Harden the most? Oh, most definite. I would say it would be LeBron with his age. And I think that's worse. Uh, well, we're not talking about LeBron. We're talking about Thunder versus Rockets, though. That's fine. I'm just giving you what his point is saying. He's saying he has the best for I, I, out, of, out of everybody, I, I, I believe. Think, I, out of, out I of every the Lakers. Go ahead. More. They're, they're one of the teams I would say got affected a little more. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that this helped James Harden, at least, if not the most, at least up there as one of the top people that it helped. Let's talk about, let's talk about another player that this hiatus actually, actually helped instead of her. And we're going to talk about Andre Roberson. I mean, this guy, he's coming back from injury. He looks good guys. He really does. does yeah. He doesn't uh, look too bad. He's been making some open shots, but again, they've been open. Yep. So they're daring him to shoot it, and he's knocking him down. But what's we'll the thing? I, well, I really hope in his two years or more off that he would get some type of shot in his comeback. Usually, when usually I've noticed this, I've noticed this trend. Usually, when NBA players uh, get a serious injury, they can focus more on their shooting because they're not running around as much. So they develop a better jump shot, um, a more efficient jump shot. Um, that's what I've noticed personally. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that Roberson is going to be a huge X factor for the Oklahoma City Thunder because you're talking about you're talking about a guy. He was he was the Thunder's number one defensive player when they had their when they had their run when they uh, when the Thunder got when the Thunder got to the Western Conference Finals and got uh, and got beat by the yeah, Warriors. Yeah, but let, let's keep uh, it real. He's not slowing down James Harden or Westbrook. I believe he can slow down James Harden. I believe that. I don't think so, man. Joe, any other takes? 
Eric? I do not. All right. So uh, we're not going to take too much time with uh, some of the rest of these matchups. We're just going to kind of uh, go over them briefly, uh, some, some takes that we think, and then we'll go uh, over each other another round again, and then we'll move on to the next. First one, uh, first one we'll be talking about, uh, this is a saucy matchup in my opinion, is the Heat versus Pacers. George, what do you think about this You know matchup? what? I, I think this might be the first time I agree with you. Saucy is the word I had written down so so i do mm. agree with that mm. um you know we don't agree too much but this will be this will be a good <laughs> one to agree with i guess um but yeah i agree uh, even though jimmy Butler has come out and said that you know this little rivalry is dead or there's there's not much to it we we know jimmy Butler has this circled and th- this is what he wanted you know jimmy Butler's a dog he's ready for this um mm. Now I'm gonna say this goes in five games. Uh, I'm gonna give this a gentleman sweep. I think the the Heat are my dark horse team of the Eastern Conference. I think they can make some serious noise. Uh, I like you know just what they're made of. You know, um, led with Jimmy Butler makes his teammates better. You know the culture there very disciplined. You know, and in the last game that they played, uh, T.J. Warren. He held him to 12 points when he was just going off in the bubble. So that's my, just mm. my quick thoughts on, on this matchup. Got the Heat in five. All right. Joe, do you have anything that you want to uh, say to this matchup? I'm just going to kick off the air or something. Yeah, he must have been. Eric. Um, I'm going to be honest, man. So the Heat are really lucky they're playing the Pacers here. I'm not saying the Pacers are in a, a terrible team or anything like that, because with Olodipo and uh, uh, TJ Warren on a hot streak, they're looking pretty good. Uh, sucks that they are missing a player in Sabonis. He's a, uh, one of their main scorers on that team. So they're going to be really hurt by losing him. So I do have the Heat beating them in five. Uh, but they're like I said, the Heat are very lucky they're playing the Pacers. I mean, they could have played you know someone else, anyone else, and I mean, I just feel like no other team, maybe besides the, the Magic, you know, I feel like they shouldn't even be there in, in general. But uh, I feel like the no one's scared of the Heat. That's what I'm trying to say here is no one's really scared of the Heat. Uh, you, you could say I would have, you know, any other team besides the Magic uh, over the Heat. So, I mean, I'm just, I feel like the Heat just, they're not scaring anybody. They're not really scaring anybody. But I do have... I don't agree with that, but if right. that was the case, that makes them even more dangerous. You know, it's always those teams that, yeah, sure, you that have you the look. Those are yeah. the teams that do the upsets. So that, this is why I got them as the dark horse, because obviously they're not going to be favored. But, yeah, they're not going to be favored but, after the second round, because I, still, they will beat. They will go to the second a, round. But they're still a great team and can make noise, but that is why I have them as my dark horse, because they're not favored, but they're well poised to make some noise. Of course. Anything else that you wanted to add to your, uh, to your claim, Eric? Um, just besides, like I said, the Pacers are missing a, a, a player or two and then the heat, you know, they're coming out with everybody and, uh, they're going to make some noise there and defeat the Pacers in five. And I believe that after that, that's it. So <clears throat> I disagree a hundred percent with, just about everything you just said, Eric. Um, <laughs> I I looked at this matchup honestly, um, and I laugh about it thinking about it now because I look at this matchup and 
it's it's hard for me to choose because I like both of these teams honestly, and uh, I look at the Pacers and to, to your to disagree with your point, uh-huh. Eric. I do not look at them, and I do not think that they are an easy team to blow by. Um, you're talking about a team without its star, Victor Oladipo, without its star. They were in poised position to either be the fourth or fifth seed. That is without We're also their talking star, about the East their here. main general. That is their, their number one player. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, that says a lot. I think that speaks volumes about the, the Pacers team as a whole. They, they got a lot of fight in them, I think. Um, now, with that being said, I believe that this is the worst matchup for, that the Pacers could have been matched up with because – Jimmy Butler is a dog. That man is on a mission. He's got some young bucks on his team that are that can be just as fired up as he can be. Um, you're talking about some guns that are not soft. They love to. They love to. Uh, as as you know, to to quote a famous uh, slogan, they love to smell blood in the water. Um, and I think that they are – I think that they're in a prime position to, like George said, be that dark horse team in the East. Uh, like George said about T.J. Warren, um, I think he's shown us that he just doesn't want the smoke. Um, I know that he had his talks with Jimmy Butler, this and that. I, I just don't think he wants it. I don't think he wants a lick of it. And uh, my final take on this, this is one of those – this is one of those matchups I look at that I'm – I'm not, I didn't really throw a lot of statistics into this because I'm more looking at this with my heart than my head. I see this being a good series, but not a great series. I think the Heat win this in six games, four to two, and then I believe the Heat can make uh, a good dent in their next matchup with, uh, I believe, to be the Bucks as well. And that is my take. Anything, anybody that anybody, any, anything that you guys. Yeah, want they could to have say? played a way worse team. They could have played the Bucks. They could have played the Raptors. So I mean, there's, there's, this is going to be a good matchup, like I said. But it's they could have the Pacers could have had a way worse team to play. Because um, I know you said this is like the worst team they could get is the Heat. I don't agree with that. I believe they could have got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics. So I mean, take that for what you want, but. Uh, I still believe it's going to be a, a good, good games here, but I still see it in a gentleman's sweep. Yeah, I don't know. I like Jimmy Butler. I think he's. I think he's got. I think he's got some of that Mamba mentality in them. He's a dog. I agree with that. I, agree. Um, I, I, I think that that is one person that you do not want to piss off, and uh, and the Pacers have already pissed them off. <laughs> well, T.J. Warren has at least. So. Um, I think this will be a very chippy game. This will be very so- or a chippy series. This will be very saucy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some ejections in this series for sure. Most definite. I mean, we got to think too. The Heat went three three and one during the regular season against the Pacers, and now we mm-hmm. got playoff Jimmy Butler, who's dialed in, focused with you know trying to make a statement. Mm. You're talking. To, you're talking about a guy who. Purchased, uh, purchased basketball rims for every one of his teammates because he didn't know how long the COVID hiatus was going to last, and he didn't know <laughs> whether and he didn't know whether or not we would be coming back. 
So he purchased, he purchased basketball nets for every single member of his squad so that they could stay active so that they could uh, continue playing and improve uh, and at least keep their Just game on your up. toes, man. So, Hey, that's what Jimmy's all about. Uh, next matchup, we got the Bucks versus the Magic. Um, this one, uh, go ahead, George, take this one. All right, I see this one being a, a clean sweep, 4-0, Bucks winning. Uh, don't really see how anyone matches up, you know, and answers for Giannis. I think he's just going to have his, his way, a grown man against boys. Um, yeah, not, not too much to this matchup. Like I said, 4-0 sweep. It'll be a quick one. Mm. Eric? Um, I mean, it's the Bucks, man. I have them going to the finals. So, I mean, the Magic, I'm sorry, but it's going to be a clean sweep. I believe that as well. Uh, not to put anything down on the Magic, not saying they don't belong there, but they are, to me, the weakest team in the whole playoff. Mm. So you believe uh, a sweep, oh, yeah. too? Yeah. Um, I, I believe a sweep as well. I, I just, you know, I, I think the I think the Magic, not that they were lucky to be in the playoffs, but I just don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs, to be honest. Um, I, I think they have some you, pretty you know, young you talent, at, so I, I don't want to say that. I, I, I agree. I, I agree that they have some good, you know, some good young talent. But like I said, I just, you know, they, they're one of those teams that, um, you know, like I said, you know, they're just, they're going to get swept. They are, I think. And I mean, I think the only reason they don't get swept is, you know, obviously, you know, you never wish this upon anything, but you know, unless, unless Giannis gets hurt, that's the only reason why I don't they see could, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. They could lose Giannis and they're still going to lose. I don't think it's a sweep though. It I'm could saying. be, <laughs> but let's continue. Um, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say one more thing to touch up on this. So um, from my predictions, I have the Bucks obviously moving on, and then I have them playing the Heat in the second round. Now uh, here's something you know, and you know I I get that this is looking further and further, but here's something that I um, have pulled up is uh, the Bucks are actually one and two versus the Heat. And their one win came inside of the bubble with no Jimmy Butler on the Heat. That was their one win versus the Heat. In both of the games that the Heat lost or the Heat won against the Bucks, Giannis was uh, Giannis was twelve for twenty-one in the first game and six of eighteen in the second game. Six of eighteen is terrible. It's thirty-three percent um, for a field goal percentage. Uh, in that second game, percent of a field goal percentage is wait. Are you talking about like uh, uh, beyond the three, or are you talking about in the, in the paint? Everything, everything. Okay. Uh, thirteen. His second game was thirteen. He scored thirteen points by Giannis's standards. That's pretty bad. Uh, his plus minus for that second game was negative sixteen. So that was that was uh. I think pretty, I think pretty disappointing for Giannis's part. That guy, you're talking about a guy who everyone had as the MVP for the season because of his efficiency, because of his plus minus. So, um, last thing I'll say is he was O of nine from three in both of those games that they lost to the Heat. So, I think that's a very important. Uh, I think that's a very important point to make as well because the Heat have actually shown that they're very good three-point defending team they defend the three very well so that'll be interesting if those if if those two do move on i think that'll be interesting moving on uh 
to Celtics versus 76ers. What are your take? What is your take on this one, George? Okay, I'm going to go with uh, five games, Celtics winning. Gentlemen sweep. Uh, ben Simmons is going to be out, and it's going to be hard to replace his production. Embiid is also dealing with some lingering injuries. He has a sore ankle, hurt his wrist. Um, and we just got to remember that the 76ers were one of the worst away teams in the NBA. And again, no one has home court, no one. So I just don't see them playing well, especially without uh, Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics, I mean, they got great young talent. They got good chemistry. Um, it, it's the 70s. I mean, the Boston Celtics, they're going to be tough. So, and, and they got mm-hmm. dogs on that team too. They defend, they play well. Um, yeah, so I got this one in five. Celtics with the dub. Eric. Yeah, I, I got the same thing with you, George. I'm going to say five games. Uh, I, the only reason I might say a sixth game is because uh, uh, I know if you guys were watching like ESPN or TNT and all that other stuff, um, uh, Shaq was dogging, and so was Chuck. They were both dogging on Embiid because he was averaging only 20 to 22 points in these games without Ben Simmons. They're saying, hey, man, if you want to win games, especially in the playoffs, you got to average from that 20 20- 28, 29 to the 30s, you know what I mean? Especially if you're the only one main player there, you got to do something. you got to have that dog mentality. you got to go out and win the game for your team. Exactly. So, I mean, the last few games, though, he did went from that 20, 22, he finished with like a 30-point game to a 29-point game. So he did that, and he was, he was accepting all the criticism from them. So I do see a little bit of fire now in Embiid, but you do have the injuries that slow him down and all the little things. So, I mean, no matter what, I still see it in, in five games. Like I said, possibly a six, but I'm going straight to the five because the Celtics just have too much firepower. Um, not yeah. just, I'm not talking about just shooting. They have great defense. They have uh, really good talent all around. Jason Tatum and uh, Kemba Walker as their point guard leading man. and They're just really good bench pieces. It's just, it, it's just too hard for the uh, Sixers. The process will not be met here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to add on to that real quick, Drew. Um... The Celtics, they also got a nice uh, small ball lineup, and I I could see them just taking Embiid out of the game. And Al Horford has shown that he and Embiid don't mesh together on the court. So, And they lost their shooters. You know, they lost J.J. Redick. He's not on the team anymore. So without shooters, without one of your stars. They're very depleted. Yeah, they're very depleted. And like I said, it, it's not really a big man's game anymore. So Embiid's really going to, you know, dominate and win a few games. Yeah, I, uh, so I have the Celtics winning in a gentleman's sweep as well. I think that, um, I think that uh, Embiid will step up in one of these games. Um, I mean, I think he'll just take over in one of these games. Will will he do it for all of them? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think he's definitely capable of it. I you're talking about you're talking about the the biggest player on the court from either side. You know what I mean? Not just like you know, not just like physically, but you know, just like mentally too. He knows he's he knows he's the biggest player. So it's just about whether or not he'll show it on the court. But I think the biggest thing you got to consider, like you guys were saying, no Simmons is going to mean no flow. That's going to be the X factor, I think. And that's why I have Celtics gentlemen sweep four to one. Nice. 
Anything else? Next topic? Yeah, we can move on from that one. All right, Raptors versus Nets. Uh, what do you guys think, George? All right, Raptors versus Nets. Now, this one I got either in a sweep or in a gentleman's sweep. Um, the Nets, they're with all, all their big-name stars. You know, they got no KD, no Kyrie, no um, – um, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. The center. Um, Jared Allen? Do you know his name? No, 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 no. He's in the game. Um... No. Um, oh, you're talking about DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan. I don't know why I couldn't think of his mm. name. Yeah. Um, so they're missing some of their stars. Um, but don't get the Nets twisted. I mean, they well. have been – yeah, they've been yeah, playing well in the bubble. Levert has been balling. Yeah. Levert is tw- very well. He's averaging 25 in the bubble. So, I mean, they're no scrubs, you know. They they play hard. They're rowdy. But, I mean, when you're missing all your stars, I just don't see you beating the defending champions. So, I got this in – you know, four games or, you know, I, I could also see them winning a game. No more than that. Eric? Um, I want to say five games too, gentlemen, sweep. Um, I really do like the Raptors. I feel like people really put them down after Kawhi left, but they're still doing really well. I, I actually think they're the second best team in the East. So I see them going to the Western Conference Finals with the Bucks, in my opinion. But uh, I really like the Raptors a lot. So I really have them defeating the Nets here. Now, I know George says they're missing KD and Kyrie, but if you think about it, KD hasn't been there all year, obviously, with his injury. Kyrie's been in and out of the game for, I mean, years now. But, I mean, it's the same in this position. He hasn't really played a lot of the season. So they still have that fire from, like, Levert, Allen, uh, all these guys. Yeah, they're missing Dudley, obviously, from last season. They're missing Russell, which is a very key player from last season to make the playoffs. But uh, they still have that uh, chemistry within each other of some of these players here. So um, they know how to play without the DeAndre Jordan, the KD, the Kyrie. They know how to play with each other. So uh, it, it won't be the easiest five-game uh, – uh, yeah, it won't be the easiest of five games. But I still believe it'll be five games. Once again, maybe a six if something really turned around for like Levert. Levert was playing really well the last few games uh, before the playoff bubble was going to start here. So, I mean – I don't want to down the Nets as hard as most people will, but I mean, still believe that they won't make it out in the first round. Mm. Uh, Drew? Drew, you there? You cut out. All right, so we well, have a, yeah, a cut Drew. So we, you want to yeah, keep continuing guess- here? Yeah, Until we'll, we'll get keep Andrew continuing. Back online. We'll see if Drew comes back on if, or yeah. if he got disconnected. So I yeah. guess we'll just continue. I'm pretty um, sure Andrew would have chose the Raptors as well. I'm pretty sure that would have been an all-four uh, Raptors uh, vote there. But Yeah, so I think we're down to the last matchup, Nuggets versus Jazz. Yes. So I'm just – I'm just going to go with my my prediction. I got the Nuggets winning the series in five. Nuggets have okay. a lot of talent, you know, with with the Joker, Murray, Bull Bull has shown up in the in the bubble. Yes, Michael sir. Porter Jr. has shown up in the bubble. Now, I believe Donovan Mitchell is a stud. I think he can win them a game by himself, but he really has no help. Um, Rudy Gobert. He's good defensively, but 
has no offensive threat, really. Mm-hmm. They don't run plays for him. They do some pick and um, rolls for him. Him and Mitchell have got some pick and roll games for him. Yeah, but I mean, he's not too involved. Yeah, on he's offense. mostly just for um, the hoop. And then, uh, I mean, I I question the chemistry with Mitchell and Gobert after the whole COVID situation. They've been playing well, um, though. I mean, they didn't win a lot of games. Yeah, but they, they, they've they're... been playing well. You, you don't got to be best friends to be good teammates on the court. Yeah. Um, Mitchell, he's averaging 21.7 points. Um, but I, I just feel like the Nuggets are a deeper team with more stars. And I just think they're going to be able to um, beat the Jazz in, in five. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I really want to say six here. But the Jazz are missing Bogdanovich, and he was their – if not, I don't remember the exact stats here. If he was the main scorer or second main scorer on this whole team, they've been playing without him uh, the whole bubble. But, I mean, um, he's a very key player to the Jazz team, and he's just, you know, not there. And then you have the Nuggets, which, how you said, they have so much talent. Like, they just have so much talent. They have uh, the Michael Porter Jr. Bull Bull has really come up for them in the bubble. He's playing really nicely. He is honestly the best sleeper pick I've seen since probably, you know, anyone. In the, he was in the second round. So, I mean, this kid yeah. is really coming up and doing his work and uh, paying his dues here. But uh, Michael Porter Jr. as well, playing really well for them. He was scoring many games over 30 and uh, putting up the numbers. And then you still have to mess with Jokic. And Jokic is probably still the I – mean, not probably, he is the best player on the Nuggets team. So, Jokic – having Jokic as the vet there – being the main uh, player there, uh, Murray is back. He wasn't there for some of the bubble plays, but uh, Murray is back and he's playing, uh, you know, back up to par from where he left off. So you got Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, Jr. as your main three. But don't forget Bull Bull, of course, and a lot of these players they have because they are very, very talented. The Jazz, I mean, Mitchell and Gobert, they do play very well together, it seemed like, uh, even after all the stuff they went through, starting with this pandemic and all that. But uh, I do believe the Nuggets will run away with this um, within five or six games. And this kind of like the other two uh, uh, last rounds we've been talking about. I want to say five games, but it could go to six because just because the Jazz are missing a, a player and he happens to be a really good player, I can't count him out, especially in the West. I just cannot count out the Jazz. They, they could come through at any moment. Mitchell has a, you know, if he really wants to, he can score up a, a heat storm. So. Yeah, we, I mean, we saw that in the bubble, and they still came up short in that double yeah. overtime game. Exactly, so, exactly. This will this will be a great series, I think, but I I still believe the Nuggets in five. Um, but just a quick thought on uh, home court advantage. I feel like both of these teams, um, would have had nice home court advantages. I mean, Denver's a hard place to play, and Utah's a hard place to play. So, yeah, I, honestly, be I really their home court advantage for sure. I would versus Jazz matchup um, the most. I've like you know from like Nuggets playing someone else. I'd rather see because the Nuggets move on, and I really do like the matchup, especially if everyone was there. You know, if it's playoff run, Nuggets was with the Jazz, it'd be a really, really, really good playoff uh, uh, first round. But with you know the Jazz missing a player and some of the drama they had to go through, they should. I mean, obviously this is the playoffs. You got to put that stuff aside. But um, the Nuggets will come out of this, I believe, in five games. Yes, sir. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. We we had some difficulties. It looks like Joe got disconnected and Andrew got disconnected. Yeah. So it's just 
me and Eric to the end on this first episode. Uh, thank you, everyone that's listening. You know, any uh, comments or suggestions would be appreciated. Yep. You got anything to say real quick, Eric, before we sign um, off? Yeah, uh, like, you, like you said in the beginning, very, very beginning, we're doing a lot of basketball right now. They happen to be in the playoffs, and uh, we'll be continuing for the second round most likely, and then the third, and then the finals. But uh, definitely we will do football talk as well. That will be uh, – sometimes it will be a mixture. Sometimes it will be a mixture of basketball and football, and so we may slide into some other sports as well, but the two main are going to be basketball and football. So, yeah, stay tuned. All right, signing off. All right, signing off, man.